stuff. They did the rubbish rhythm. The rubbish rhythm. They got the beat right in them. They do the rubbish rhythm. Yes, they all like to come out and play garbage music all night. Welcome to episode number 266 of the Good Stuff Kids podcast. I'm your host, Mike Mason, and this is the show where we get to know the creators of certified and bona fide good stuff for kids and families. And on today's show, I talked to John and Karina from Bash the Trash. And that sounds awesome. And that song you just heard is called Rubbish Rhythm, and it's from their EP, Rubbish Rhythm, that just came out in 2020. And it was so cool to talk to them because they what they do is they make instruments out of items that they find and, and they educate by using these instruments and things like that. And I should also say that they're gonna be releasing a live concert album on September 13th. So in addition to the song you just heard, Rubbish Rhythm, you can hear their their sound live in just a couple weeks, and you can find that wherever you get your music. And uh, I gotta say, it's um, it's uh, it's kind of a cool thing, right? They, they on their website when you check out their website, they have instructions on how to build instruments from stuff you may have lying around the house. And I just found the the conversation with with John and Karina to be really really fun, really insightful, and really engaging, and really awesome. And I love what they do, and I think you're gonna like it too. So uh, what do you think? Should we hear from them? Of course we should. But before we do that, I got to tell you, all the past episodes are available for free at www.goodstuffpod.com. You can also find me on social media, the at symbol goodstuffpod. That's Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. I am not good at any of them, but I got them because that's what you do. All right. Here is John and Karina from Bash the Trash enjoy stay tuned all the way to the end to hear the full song rubbish rhythm and you can hear some of the instruments that they made on that recording really amazing talk to you at the end of the show it is my Total pleasure to welcome my new friends, John Bertles and Karina Piaggio, to the Good Stuff Kids podcast. How are you all doing today? Hi. Hey, how you doing? Doing good. Good. So how we, is everyone? Everyone's good. Everyone's doing great. Um, we, uh, we're talking here because you guys have an, a really cool project, a really cool project that, that families, I think, are really going to like for a lot of different reasons on a lot of different levels. Um, you all are involved in, well, I should say, in a, your project because it is yours called Bash the Trash. And we're going to get way, way, way into that. But before we do that, we, we talked a little bit about where we are, but where are you all right now? And, and how are you holding up in, in this really, really just totally whack time? <laughs> so we're located in a little town called Hastings on Hudson, which is just north of New York City. So uh, if you think where the, the virus first had its first big outbreak, that was in a place called New Rochelle, and that's about five miles away from us. Now, so it was pretty scary times when it was, you know, pretty bad here in the New York area. But, uh, you know, we came through okay, our musicians are okay, and our families are okay. So, um, you know, we're just sort of crossing our fingers and hope the rest of the world comes out like we have. 
Awesome. Yeah, I hope I hope so too. We are in the, things. Seems like things are heating up literally and figuratively here in Houston at this particular moment on this particular day. But I'm glad to hear that you all are are doing well and that you're healthy and your bandmates are healthy. So let's start with the greatest band name in the history of recorded music, Bash the Trash. So give us. We're, we're going to kind of we're going to move a little bit forwards in time, a little backwards in time. We're going to get the whole scope of the whole picture. But I do think the right place to start is what is Bash the Trash? Hmm. <laughs> hmm. You know, one of those questions that make you think it's, uh-huh. it's not that easy to answer. John, do you want to? Yeah, I mean, it's it's hard to answer because it's it's a lot of different things that happen sort of simultaneously, but concept wise, it's a way for people to approach the environment and sustainability by using science. And the way that we sort of get to that is through music and through the arts. Now where that really all comes out from is because music and the arts and science all go hand in hand together. You know, you really can't, understand how music works without understanding how sound works and you need science to be able to do that and so to build better musical instruments you need to know a little bit about science now the next step along the way is okay if you want to build better instruments you need to know a little bit about the materials that you're working with and typically most people like us we don't have really a lot of money to use for materials for instruments so we just tend to use whatever is around So that's where it all comes together with the environment as well, because we're really aware of what we're using, of, you know, what we throw away, what we can turn into musical instruments. And through this kind of concept, we've taken it and expanded it out into teaching teachers and to doing performances and for kids in schools and working in festivals. I mean, really a sort of uh, almost a, as of now, even a, a global concept because we just did this thing called Make Music Day, which was a celebration around the world. And part of our podcast, not podcast, but our broadcast went around the world with a bunch of different musicians playing on instruments made from whatever they found. Mm-hmm. And I think it's, you know, that that's a great jumping off point for all of what I want to hear from uh, with you all. First of all, we shouldn't bury the lead and we should be transparent and say that you all are married and that is a beautiful thing and you work together and I will speak only for my wife and myself. We always say that we love each other very much. Not sure we could work together. So I give you all a ton of respect on that side of the world, on that side of things. So People, <laughs> you, you want to mention something about that, or uh, it just—it doesn't always happen. You have to have, you know, the. It's got to be the, the right personalities. Yep, the right people. Right, the mm-hmm. temperaments that match, and uh, uh, if it does, it works. Yep. I mean, each has an itch that the other one scratches, so we, we work fine. Yes. I mean, I would, I would, uh, I would. I would add that sometimes we don't know who starts the thought and who finishes it. And, <laughs> That's a good thing. Know. That's a good thing. Yeah, um, right. <laughs> so my guess is when when you all started your your separate musical lives, you weren't thinking that 
it was going to culminate or or part of the the path was going to include making instruments and using those instruments as part of a, a performance. So I'm a little curious about like what how how did this side of things start? Like, were you all instrument makers before you you started using these, um, you know, these items in the name of sustainability in our environment? Or was this something that you were drawn to because of your desire to to protect our planet? So I'll, I'll jump in first, but I think it's important to know that we, it's funny how, you know, you preface this by where did you come from to, to get to this point, because there's very different backgrounds for Karina and myself, but there's also some notable overlap points, which we can sort of get to a little bit. But, um, you know, I've always been a musician, and Karina's been a musician and a... You I, I talk for me. Yes. <laughs> You keep on talking about you. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so uh, a little bit of my background. I'm pretty much always been a musician, and, you know, that been looking at other things. But for me, it's not just the music. It's always the connection with whatever else is around. Mm-hmm. Music connects to, to cultures. It connects to people's resources. It connects to um, their lives. And it connects to the food that's around them. And it also connects to science and the environment. So for me, it's just been sort of a, uh, a journey along here. Have I always built instruments? Probably since I would say maybe fourth or fifth grade was oh, when wow. I first started to discover that things made interesting sounds. And I can even tell you, you know, there was my dad had a big sheet of sort of rigid metal, um, and it was kind of flexible and in the basement. And if you held it up in the air and you shook it, it made it sound like thunder. And I always thought that was kind of cool. And that's kind of the first thing that I remember thinking, well, this object is musical, even though it's not a musical instrument. Mm -hmm. And I think that path sort of continued through college where I worked with a professor who was already building tremendously weird and wonderful instruments. And his name was Gunnar Schoenbeck. And uh, this is at Bennington College in Vermont. Uh And even now you can see... Uh, Professor Schoenbeck's musical instruments, which are, you know, um, enshrined in the Massachusetts uh, Museum of Contemporary Art. Oh, cool. There's a playable exhibit of his weird musical instruments. Mass mocha. <laughs> right. Uh-huh. And so for me, it's it, it came to a point where the musical instruments became a way to speak also to the things that I felt strongly about, about the earth and about pollution and um, to speak about uh, recycling and to try to, to uh, encourage people to change their behaviors in even small ways, which can affect the world in tremendous ways if we all do it. So I feel that, that it's kind of been a, a path with a lot of interruptions along the way stopping and doing you know street theater back in the 70s and, oh now we're getting doing, into it yeah yeah i mean <laughs> protest theater you know banging a drum on wall street and like hanging out with a bunch of hippies in central park and you know yeah I mean, you know even if it was a little after my time for for that and i mean i think all of that stuff actually became really ingrained in what bash the trash came for for me and one of the overlap points i think was in in the idea of um, sort of circus training and clowning and oh, wow. uh, public performance, where I think, 
you know, maybe Karina, you can pick up where some of your connections are there. Yeah, Karina, tell us yes. a little bit about your background. Uh, well, funny, John, you would say that, because that's where we connected at the beginning. Um, I come from uh, dance and theater and grew up in a family of actresses and musicians. So just like now I feel... I feel that the arts are not quite uh, separated, and that's because I think I grew up like that. Mm-hmm. So um, it, I grew up in the uh, in a music in a, in a theater group, a regional theater group, stable group uh, in my hometown of Pergamino, in the province of Buenos Aires. And uh, and so country, I, country, Argentina. <laughs> <laughs> so not far from Pope Francis, where I grew up, actually. Okay. Um, uh, so I started in theater. We we were doing programs in in slums, actually, around my hometown uh, when I was eleven. Nobody asked me if I wanted to. They just put me there, and I had to be an elephant. And that was the beginning, and I never stopped. So um, my education was in dance, dance composition, theater, and music, oddly enough, is is the one that took the least amount of time as of training that I took the least on, but Bash of Trash ended up where everything that I ever studied and I ever wanted to do converged. So while I was in Argentina, I would, you know, I'm not going to talk about the times when I was there, which were kind of very difficult, but we did, I did have a, um, a dance group where I was choreographing along with other girls, and it was awesome. Awesome. And then I came here and I went to dance school at Cunningham, yatara yatara. And then I met John. And John uh, was doing street theater and he was composing things for children and he was building instruments. And then we started to make it grow, but it grew. Dash of Trash grew very organically. We could, I think that this is needed here. I think we could do that. I would love to have a group of people doing that. So it grew up like that, and we ended up being a, a substantial group of teaching artists whom we have trained to be able to present because musicians are not necessarily able to perform for children very successfully so our ones our musicians are and we train them in in theater exercises and clowning and all that and the clowning takes a, a you know not with the red nose but clowning techniques of the yeah. performance it be, became very important bash trash so it's a happy and and everything is to convey what I find to be the most important thing, and it's uh, um, uh, education about ecology and sustainability through the arts. So 
So that's where we try to put everything together, mm-hmm. science, the art, yeah. and the natural world. That's, that's, and it all comes through. And, and I think that, um, you know, a, a way in which it comes through, and we'll, and we'll talk specifically about the music, but like just in terms of the importance of teaching and the importance of science is one thing that I loved when I was, you know, reading up on you all, checking you out um, on your website, you have instructions for people to be able to make their own instruments at home. And I think that, you know, it's a lot of things in there, right? It's like teaching people to use the items that they have around the house and to repurpose them, right? It's using the science of why these things work. And then it's the musicality of being like, okay, now you know why these things work. You took these things that, right? And now let's make a little, a little joyful noise. I think that, um, you know, I, I agree that teaching through the arts is, you know, that's that's where it's at for me, for sure. And I think it's where it's at because art is the plasma on which everything that we make functions. Mm-hmm. And so we it, it's a good way of teaching kids because it will give them a sense of how the, the universe works through, mm-hmm. you know, form and and music, and there is a rhythm to everything, so it works. Math, you can teach math, you can teach science, I mean, dance is math, Mm -hmm. so is music. Right. So uh, it's just just, just a a lovely way, a lovely medium. Mm -hmm. So so when you... when When I am empress, Things are going to change in the education. <laughs> I think I, I look forward to that. That sounds like a good time when you're the empress. Right. So, so John, did you? It's, it sounded like you all met and you were doing some family music or kids music already. What drew you to that? Um. So, I mean, a couple of things. First of all, it's hard to change people's minds when you're an adult. You're, you're, you've kind of formed an opinion. Um, and so we kind of feel like the best way to change people's minds is, to, is over generations. And then you start with the kids and you try to, to instill in them a, 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 a curiosity about the world around them, a love of creativity, um, a desire to tinker and to play around with things just to see how they work. Um, and not to take things for granted, but to go and explore for yourself. And I, I think that, that when you're a kid, those things are built into your life. But as an adult, we shut those things out from our lives. And, and I, so we've always felt that you know, if we want to change the world in even a little tiny way, we've got to start with, with the young kids. On, in my case, I started doing children's theater, and I remain doing children's whatever it is we do right but i just wanted to add one last thing and that is that the truth is i'm still not far removed from being 11 years old that, you know what i was going to interrupt you and say can i answer that question that's because he's still a kid you know it's, it's really true i mean i really tend to look at things that way and i and i think that's actually served us well because you know when you see through the point of view of a child, you look at things differently. You see things from like the thigh level instead of from the the, the, head, the face level, and and I think that that kind of point of view leads you to 
look at the world in a different way. And so that leads us to be able to, I think, approach the way kids look at stuff. Um, many, many years ago, I was deeply honored to be uh, on, you know, a guest uh, on the Mr. Rogers show and to do a, a segment with Mr. Rogers. And, it, you know, his, you know, approach to working with kids has sort of inspired us. And I think in these very, you know, difficult political and, and times in our country, it's also given us a direction to work with kids, to be to be sweeter when things are, are more are are more angry, to be to look for places where community is important, to look for places where friendship and understanding and and um, um, the idea that you and I are all equal together and we're all in this together in in one world. I mean, I think these these lessons that, that um, Fred Rogers gave to us are more and more important than ever. And we try to embody that in everything that we do. That's, that's a beautiful, beautiful sentiment and beautiful and important words for all of us, particularly now, but it goes beyond now. It's for the past and the future, right? Not just the present. Yeah. This is all stuff that we need to be really, really aware of. So you mentioned that... Uh, you know what? If I may add something, Please. it's not that difficult. You just need to be kind. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, it, it, even when you are kind, something changes within you. Not only the person that receives this in the end, receiving end of your kindness, it's in you. Absolutely. Otherwise, you just get full of those those you know bad bubbles yeah <laughs> we do yeah. not we have enough bad bubbles we we do not need more bad bubbles and no, one thing no, what, we don't. you you all are are sort of helping us to get even more good bubbles out into the world right because you you mentioned that you have a, a teaching cohort that you all have trained of of over 30 people and and I know you all are going into schools and doing things with schools but I'm curious and and we sort of mentioned this a little bit when we started talking but you know I said oh I hope that you all are able to stay busy or something along those lines and you're like well you wouldn't believe what we've been up to so I'm I think that uh, your message really does transcend you know being able to be in person, right? So I'm curious about what you all have done since, um, you know, I would say since like March 13th, 2020, to to now, to to that that's keeping you so engaged and so uh, enthusiastic and so busy. Well, for us, I mean, it it translated nicely because everything that we do is basically homemade. I mean, we're talking about homemade musical instruments, and that means basically stuff you find around your house. And if you're under quarantine, you're still going to find that same exact stuff in your house. Um, and so for us, we had a, a natural foot in the door. But we've had, to, we've had some experience with working uh, beforehand, before March 13th, with working online and, and to conceptualizing the idea of taking a live program and then bringing it to um, this this new medium of working with Zoom and working with te Microsoft Teams and, you know, bring it to that little screen kind of mm -hmm. thing that we're all doing these days in education. So we very quickly made the move to get our performances 
online and to start doing first things that were free shows for kids to just jump in on. You can find a lot of those free shows on our, on our YouTube channel, which I'll mention a little bit later. And then also starting to work with schools. And many of the schools that are, approached us, they'd never done an online performance before. And so it was sort of we helped them to walk them through the process of getting you know, how to make a connection, how to work the performance, how the kids can interact with us, how we can ask, answer questions and so forth. And it's just been a tremendous thing to the point where some other artists have begun to ask us and organizations as well to do some professional development for them so that they can learn how to bring their programs on. Honestly, I am very surprised at that. Uh, we we did it because, you know, <clears throat> we went into a panic. We lost all of our work. We needed to uh, we needed to do something. So we 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 started to do this these free shows just to thinking of kids locked up at home, but also thinking of us locked up at home mm -hmm. and feeling the virus going around to get us. And um, so this is what this is what came out of that. We we are teaching artists, and there's a community of us that lost all of the, all of their work as well. And so we needed to get in touch with those people and tell them, "Hey, this is what we did. You can do this." So to my surprise, there seemed to be a great need for that. Mm -hmm. Um, so we, we are trying to get everybody on even terrain as much as we can. And, and a lot of that is to get the arts back into the schools. Yes. Because, because the kids need the arts. And the principals who, who have been talking to us said, my kids are going crazy with the work and my teachers are going crazy. We need to do something that's fun and different and educational. And I think that that's where the arts just come back in. It, it helps them in, in so many different kind of ways to sort of put that educational you know, concepts in order in a place where you can understand. Yeah. And, and it's so great that, you know, it, and these are some of the dimensions that we had started talking about. You know, there's the, the teaching piece, right? The art piece. And then there's, the, and you also, in addition to the, the live aspect of what you do, right? Because it seems like so much of it is um, performance and live and, yeah. and doing things with and around people. But we should also talk a little bit, you know, you've recorded some music too. You have a, an EP that just came out on April 20th and one thing that uh that I noticed is that it's really rhythm heavy, right? And not just because the album's called Rubbish Rhythms, but like these are all like kind of bluesy songs and I'm wondering so a couple things. One, tell me a little bit about the record. Is it all instruments that were made by you all? And then what's the like what draws you to that sort of more rhythmic uh musical style? I think we make songs that are the, the in the style of the songs we like. Mm -hmm. and, and I mean, also, I think, you know... I mean, we both love the blues, for instance, and everything is the blues. <coughs> and and so, you know, we, we were comfortable with uh, investigating the 145 form and just using it and... It's I, awesome. I think that mm -hmm. this album is, is perhaps the culmination of about, I mean, four years of work that we've been 
putting together of, of exploring the blues form that Karina mentioned, the, the idea of this, this blues progression of one, four, five, and then you bring it back to the one again. And it's as simple as that, but within that, it's inc- deeply expressive and, and it's been used by you know, African-American and black artists in, in, in all kinds of ways in the 20th century. And well, still is, is invented the, by exactly, and and the format, um, you know, still is is incredibly vivacious and and moving now. So I think Karina and I were sort of you know taken by this format and and wanted to explore sort of deeper into it. And it, along the way, I think that the songs that you have on this album and on the uh, the other EP, the live EP, which we'll be releasing this fall, um, are kind of the the survivors. Of those songs, the ones that that were most played by our musicians and most liked by our audiences, there were a lot of other songs that were written along the way, and not all of them made the cut. I can tell mm-hmm. you that. Sure. Um, but yeah, I mean, and you know, but I think that you know we like the idea that that you move to music, and music makes you move, and it makes you makes you your blood charge a little bit and it makes you want to jump up and down and and maybe if you say something in the lyrics of the song maybe it's you get a little agitated about it and i think that's like you know one of one of the songs that karina wrote two plus two is not five yeah. it's exactly <laughs> that you get a little agitated about about what you're hearing and 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 suddenly you want to say something <laughs> and i think that that you know rhythm and and you know music is is a way to instigate as well mm-hmm. and and to to express that so Absolutely, you're hearing our dog instigating in the background. Yeah, that you have a very instigating the the saw that the neighbors are using. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's look, it's all it's all part of the thing. It's all part of the thing. It's it's awesome. So, I mean, there are so many aspects to this. There's the recorded music. There's the teaching. There's the performance. There's the live stuff. There's the 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 other folks that you work with i know you've done some summer camp things you're you're very attuned to making your performances uh accessible to everyone right if there was a you know a, a kid who was maybe a more uh sensory uh, this i don't really know how to say this the right way but like sensory sensitive or um you know need that, that there's aspects you, you all take care of the people that are coming to to spend time with you and and i think that yeah. the the you whole must. You yeah must. yeah the holistic I mean, approach I mean, is is really uh it's really it's amazing like you thought you thought of and i think and I think when I say thought of, I don't mean that like you sat down and hashed it out as a strategy, but I think that because of the people that you are, you holistically think about making this something that is the complete picture. That's what I'm picking up from talking to you all. There is a, there is a code. There is a, there is, we do things in a certain way. And there are things that we do not do. And if you go by that, it's surprisingly easy. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's sort of a code of ethics and a code of, of the way you approach the art and the, the way you approach with people. And also the way you're dealings with, with the people that you work with. I mean, I would be remiss if I didn't say that, I mean, Karina and I have been shaped and formed by the musicians in our community. I mean, we have, uh, you know, what we like to call an extended family of 35 performers across the country and around the world, and they have shaped us and formed us as much as we, we hope have that, them. As we hope that we have right. them. Yeah. So it's awesome. You know, I I always thought that 
that I was going to have a community of of dancers, um, actors and actresses and, you know, acrobats, and it was going to be a crazy theater thing with musicians. I never thought that community would be made out of musicians. (laughs) (laughs) Playing instruments from trash. (laughs) That's amazing. But you know what? Uh, You know what? It's, uh, It's the same. It's really there is no difference. I yeah. I just want to the life in the arts, and and I have a life in the arts. That's amazing. And I get to make my living out of it, which is quite lovely. That is uh, that is awesome. Truly awesome. That so, is awesome. So, or, um, I must say, I would like to make a more comfortable living. <laughs> so. <laughs> okay, well, is... let's see what we can do. I don't know. I don't really. I don't know, folks. I don't know. Help out my friends and bash the trash. What can I say? So, you. Um, so, what's the like? So, what's going on now? I guess. Like, how can people? You know, you mentioned that you're doing some live things online. What's the best way for for folks to uh, to to stay in in the loop? I guess, for lack of a better word, but like just knowing when they can catch you, when they can see you, website, social media, that kind of thing. Sure. So, um, the best way to um, find out what we're doing is to go to our Facebook page. That's where we tend to post our performances and what's going on. So that is just, you know, if you type in Bash the Trash and Facebook, you'll get to our Facebook page. If you want to know, um, let's go take a deeper dive into what Bash the Trash does, <clears throat> excuse me, the best thing to do is to go to our website, which is bashthetrash.com. Which, as you were saying earlier, has more information than... Than you need. <laughs> right. It's, it's got mean, great so information. At, so much good information. Yeah. And there you'll find, like, you know, for example, uh, instructions on how to build musical instruments and, you know, what to do to get performances in your school or, you know, how to get us to play at a festival. And all that stuff is, is there in a pretty comprehensive thing. But the last thing I think that you should go to would be our our YouTube page um, or YouTube channel I should say and that is it's uh, just go to YouTube and you type in bash the trash and um, there's about a bajillion videos there but the most popular videos are of two kinds um, one are the instrument building videos because there's uh, videos that give you step by step how to build these musical instruments and how to play them, including diddly bows and horns and, you know, string instruments, and you can check out all those there. But also our live shows that we did during the quarantine are really a fun way to sort of enter a a little piece of our world and what we think is cool in our world. Because we're not just working with people who build musical instruments, we also work with people who are photographing food. We're working with people who are um, relieving kids' stress through, through visual arts. And those live shows that we did during the quarantine are a good way for kids to sort of discover different things, I think, as well. Yeah. I mean, I'm looking at it here. You have you have instrument building labs with percussion. You have um, mini shows where uh, less exactly what you're just saying, how to photograph your food, because let's be honest, if it's tasty looking, we're taking pictures of it these days. Right. So exactly. And you want to know the best. <laughs> way to do that and yeah. Melissa uh, McClellan help will help you to do that yeah yeah absolutely. and it's a way it's a way of incorporating beauty into your everyday life and you will be dealing with form and deciding things 
So it's also a visual arts exercise. And it's something in your quarantine you might want to do. Awesome. And Mike, you know, if I might just say something else here, bringing that back in is kind of getting back to what we started with, with Rich's idea of what it really is Bash the Trash about. And I said it's not really so much just about our group or about our music. It's about an approach to, to, to life and to learning and to the arts and to, you know, finding out who I am, what, what is my impact on the world, and how can I do better? Absolutely. I mean, I think, I think how can I do better is a super important thing that we can all learn from. And so, you know, I, I'm not trying to close things out. I'm just thinking it's nice that you got back there because it's kind of a nice circle. Yeah. Well, I, I mean, we, we all should be working constantly to, to get better. And if we're not, right, I think that as educators, we, we feel this uh, intensely. But if we're not working to, to better ourselves, then uh, it, it, we, we, it's, it's for every reason, for mental health, physical health, all of the, all of the reasons for our environment, for our families, for people yeah, yeah. who have less than we do. We just got to be, you know, it's, I, I feel like the, like the thesis of our conversation is we, we can be better and bash the trash is helping us be better. For sure. Well, that that is that is what our mission statement is really, and and our own personal search. How can I do better? How can I live in this planet with a fewer imprint? How can I teach others? I have a farm outside that I made me in my in my in my garden uh, it, during the quarantine, and my goal is to see what is the minimum you need to feed your family. Uh-huh. Instead of needing to go to the supermarket, what would you need? What if you have just a sunny window? What if you have no sunny windows? What if you don't have any terrain but the rooftop of your building? That kind of thing. So I have different sizes of pots. So I'm looking at life, the life we eat, uh-huh. and see where can that be improved? Yeah. How can we make it so when everything changes, the climate and everything in the planet, which it will, because we can't pretend that Antarctica and all the glaciers are not melting. When that happens, we're going to need to adapt. Absolutely. So uh, I feel it's upon myself. I take it upon myself to be able to help kids put everything together and, and be able to design themselves a better life. Yeah, well, you're not just helping them. You're helping me because I've had a garden growing this whole time and I've got zilcho to show to show for it so hopefully you'll have some tricks to share oh my goodness maybe maybe it would be nice to have a btt blog and where we all can put our in- input how is your tomato doing not good my tomato is not good what's worse than my tomato is my zucchini plant um Anyway, this uh, this was awesome, and I really I thank you all both for for your time and for for talking with me, and and it was just really great to to hear from you and hear about Bash the Trash and get to know you all a little bit. Well, thank, Lovely. Thanks so much, Mike, and thanks for getting in touch with us. I hope you enjoy the music, and uh, you know, uh, I let's let's keep working on this world together. I think. Sounds like a very very strong, well thought out, good, holistic plan, and I expect nothing but that from my buddies in Bash the Trash. Great. Pretty good. See, would I lie to you? It's pretty amazing what Bash the Trash does. So thank you to John and Karina for taking the time with me. Here's their song, Rubbish Rhythm. Make sure you watch out for that live album on September 13th. I'm sure if you head to their website or Facebook or Twitter or Instagram or Snapchat or my book or Face, 
my, you know, the social media, you can find it. Um, and if you're still listening, you should know that the Good Stuff family got a dog. The Good Stuff dog. The dog of good stuff. And if you have any trip tips, trips, trips, or tips on how to get him to sleep through the night, we'd appreciate it. Drop me a line. Goodstuffpod at gmail.com. Here is Rubbish Rhythm from Bash the Trash. Thank you for listening. Talk to you so soon. To blow some Dixie, then there's me banging on the shade of a light. We all like to come out and play garbage music all night. They did the rubbish rhythm. The rubbish rhythm. They got the beat right in them. They do the rubbish rhythm. Yes, they all like to come out and play garbage music all night. Play some garbage. Did the locomotion woke my mom Who had a face full of fright We all sat down and we played Garbage music all night We did the rubbish rhythm, rubbish rhythm. We do the rubbish rhythm. rubbish rhythm We call it the rubby dubby rhythm That's the recycle rhythm Yes, we all get together and play Garbage music all night 
Said we love to get together and play garbage music all night Yeah, we all get together and play garbage music all night Stuff.